You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is the first Thursday edition of Locked On College Football since the close of the 2020 college football season. Happy to have you here with us as we get started with another Thursday, our first Thursday of the official offseason. Of course, Alabama winning the national championship yet again on Monday night with their victory against Ohio State. Of course, there's still a lot of time to react to that and kind of look forward to what happens now in the offseason. Before we get into that, I might as well say hello. My name is Kevin McGuire. I'm the host of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am one of your typical Thursday co-hosts on the podcast. Unfortunately, today, uh, Matt Moscona, our my usual co-host, uh, we actually had to split this up a little bit differently today to get this episode together for you, but that's because we are so dedicated to making sure you have a podcast, even if we're not able to record at the same time going back and forth with each other as we typically do. We wanted to make sure we had something for you, and we've got a special treat for you today because Matt's going to have a conversation, a quick conversation with the one and only Tim Brando from Fox Sports. So make sure you check that out in our second segment. But first of all, we're kind of recapping everything that has gone on this week. Of course, there's a lot of reaction to what we just witnessed Monday night with Alabama going on cruise control against what I say is a very good Ohio State team. And that was one of the things we got to talking about as we were previewing the championship game last week here on the podcast on Thursday with Matt Moscona and I. And of course, uh, throughout the week, you've heard, you've heard the hosts across the Locked On Podcast Network kind of breaking down every angle that they could find in the game to look forward to. And certainly this week we've been doing a lot of reacting to that as well. But one of the things I always came back to, and we talked about it last week, was Ohio State is very good in so many different areas. And there's a reason why they are by and large the easiest pick out of the Big Ten year in and year out because they are on such a different level compared to everybody else in the Big Ten. And then when they go head-to-head against a team like Alabama, and yes, Ohio State was a little banged up, a little uh, dinged here and there, but the bottom line is, as good as Ohio State is, and they are a very good program, Alabama is just that much better, and we saw that on a full display. There's not enough that can be said about the season that Alabama had. Uh, certainly when Jalen Waddle goes down with an injury or earlier in the year, uh, you think that, well, this is going to hurt uh, Alabama's offense. No, not at all. They did not skip a beat. Devontae Smith just continued to have a tre- tremendous season, and I'm sitting here as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm, I'm looking forward to that number six pick in the NFL draft. I'm hoping he's still around. Because I would not be opposed to the Eagles drafting him to fill a wide receiver need. But we'll leave the NFL draft talk to the NFL draft experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But what the bottom line I'm coming back to once again, and I feel like we do this every year, is I just certify that Nick Saban is a true GOAT in college football. There's no disputing that. I don't think there ever was really much debate about that. But now he has moved past uh, Paul Bear Bryant for most all-time national championship victories. He's got seven in the pocket now, six at Alabama. And the thing that makes Nick Saban so successful is he is not afraid to adapt. And that is one of the big things that you can take a look at. All the years that Alabama has that has won national championships under Nick Saban, you want to throw in his national title at LSU too, that's fine. There has always been a blueprint, and early on, it was certainly reliant on defense and a good, strong running game and a quarterback that was 
you know, I'm going to need to use the phrase game manager, although I think that is a show of disrespect in certain degrees. But that was the basic premise. It was a, you know, not a very fancy offense. It got the job done because they knew that they could rely on their defense to kind of overpower everybody that was in their way. And when they needed to move the football, they could do that on the ground. They could do that with some good, smart passing. And that worked for Alabama for quite some time. It led to a number of BCS titles. And certainly there came a point where Nick Saban realized he was going to have to change the way things were happening because the game was becoming much more open as far as offenses were concerned. And that wasn't typically Alabama's bread and butter. Yeah, they had a tremendous amount of talent to rely on, but it wasn't necessarily the way that they were running their offense. Not until the last few years where they have certainly opened things up. And part of that is because you know, Nick Saban's not a stupid guy, right? He sees the trends that are out there and he looks to find ways to capitalize on them as much as possible. And when you are Alabama and you've already had the success that you had, it's very easy to recruit the kind of talented players you're going to need to open up your offense and take things to the next level, beginning with quarterbacks, speedy wide receivers. There's nothing that Alabama has done that has been falling behind the trends nationally. Sometimes some other teams maybe have been able to exploit any minor crack in that Alabama cog, but Nick Saban patches that up very quickly. He learns from his mistakes, and that's what every great coach will do. Uh, certainly every good coach will do that. The great coaches just capitalize that and make sure they never make that mistake again. Uh, and Nick Saban, I believe, is a really clear case of that happening. So there's nothing that Nick Saban has done during the course of his collegiate college coaching career that says that there's any weakness. So even if he gets outsmarted, even if he gets outguessed, it's not going to happen again. And that's why going back to last season, when Alabama missed the college football playoff, I knew in my head there is no way Alabama was going to miss the playoff in the 2020 season. We didn't know what was going to happen in the 2020 season. It didn't matter because whatever was going to happen, as long as Alabama was playing football, they were going to be in the playoff because you get a full off season to use that motivating factor to drill into your team. And as if Nick Saban needs to inspire Alabama to do anything great, uh, that is something that he is going to take advantage of. So just when you feel like maybe another coach or another program is ready to take on the mantle of top dog in the world of college football, here comes Alabama, 1,100 days between national championships. That qualifies as a severe drought in Tuscaloosa as far as the national championship is concerned. Uh, Alabama is once again the kings of college football. Eventually, Nick Saban is going to retire at some point in time, but... I still feel like Alabama is in a very good shape for a very long time because things have just been going so well for Alabama, the SEC, the revenue stream is not going to be falling apart anytime soon. So Alabama is going to be a dominant force in college football for quite some time. Some people may be getting bored with that. I'm not really in that boat. I'm all for dynasties. I'm all for having a program that everybody's trying to shoot for. It's just going to be very difficult to close the gap because as good as Ohio State is, we saw just how much better Alabama is. And here, I'm the host of the Lockdown Nittany Lions podcast. I look at Ohio State and I see a program that is clearly cutting above everybody else in the Big Ten. So when I see Ohio State uh, get run over by Alabama the way that we did on Monday night, I'm looking at Penn State and I'm thinking, well, just how far does Penn State have to go? How far do these other programs have to go, not just to catch Ohio State, but be on the same level as Alabama and Clemson the last few years? 
it is a serious gap. And I know that that's a lot of uh, concerning elements for a lot of people. And there's going to be a lot of time to break that kind of stuff down here in the offseason. But the good news is, if you're looking to place a few bets as the other sports are underway, obviously the NHL just dropped their first pucks of the season on Wednesday. The NBA is in full swing. My goodness, big trade in the NBA. If you haven't been checking out all the NBA news over on Locked on NBA. And of course, the NFL playoffs are going to continue on this weekend. So lots of stuff out there to keep your sports mind busy. And maybe you're looking to make a few bucks along the way. The best way to do that is with betonline.ag. And if you have that college football itch still, you can still get in on some of the futures to figure out exactly who you're going to place a bet on to win next year's national championship. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but Alabama is the clear favorite to win the national championship next year, according to BetOnline.ag. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action right now. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, make sure you're listening to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football playoffs, and NBA locks all winter long. So subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, make sure you are subscribed to Locked On College Football for daily college football coverage. The most unorthodox, unconventional season in college football history has now come to a close. A season many thought would never get started, and once it started, many thought it would never finish, but it did, in fact, with a familiar result, Alabama hoisting the national championship trophy. But the question is now being asked, was it worth it? Because of all the disruptions, the money spent on testing, everything that transpired throughout the course of this fall, a lot of people are asking the question, was it worth it? to go through this entire process to play out the 2020 college football season. All season long, you've heard my feelings on it. Uh, of course it is. It's It was something that um, our, our country needed, that young people playing the sport needed. And if they didn't want to, they could opt out. And clearly, by their decision as consenting adults, showed you they wanted to go through with the 2020 season. Even players who had little to gain and everything to lose. Guys like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, who stands to make millions, coming back just to play a few plays in the national championship game because he wanted to be out there with his team competing for a championship. The question is is being asked, was it worth it? I had the chance to ask my good friend Tim Brando of Fox Sports that very question, and he, as he usually is, was emphatic in his response. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think for anyone to think Anything but that? Well, I mean, what what planet are you on? Do you not see what's going on around the rest of the country? I mean, I, I said today on Twitter, Matt. You know, I, I've been no one's been harder on the college football playoff uh, that that loves the game that comes from a prism of love than me. I mean, I you know, look, I'll I'll uh, I'll criticize the sport I love as much or more than anybody, but today I didn't want to do that because. I, I I was out there for 14 weeks doing games, and it finally caught up to me. I got COVID after my last game on December the 19th. I know what the coaches and the players have gone through to get to this point. It 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 hasn't been a pure path, but it's been a journey worth taking. Uh, and the joy that it brought to not just those players playing, but also to the parents of those players who fought to get their kids out on the field, especially in the Big Ten where Ohio State resides. By the way, I've got no problem with Ohio State having five fewer games than Alabama. As a matter of fact, I think it helps them. 
I think they've evolved to a point where, you know, they're hitting stride now. And to some extent, the end of a season where you're banged up, you're bruised, you're not feeling exactly right, I think Alabama is the more battle-torn team, not battle-tested. I think they're battle-worn. Mm. And I think Ohio State may have some fresher legs tonight. But for the journey and for the path, no matter how we got there, we got there. And, and sports, and I said this today, unlike politics and unlike other facets of our life, sports is a way that we can unify. And today, even my harsh criticism of the CFP, which you've heard many times over on your show and several others and many other platforms, I'm just not going to criticize it today. College football is to be celebrated today. we got two blue blood programs with great brands, with, with athletes all over the field that we'll be watching on Sundays. We should enjoy this with the understanding that guys like Justin Fields, who had more to lose than gain by even playing, desperately wanted to play and without him and that school and their and the parents they probably would not have played so let's let's enjoy the revelry and the pageantry of the game itself and say thank god we had college football on saturdays and i guarantee you those that are in charge of these universities know that without it being played even without the gate receipts the losses would have been in excess of 100 million dollars this year Instead, it's somewhere between 40 and 70 million. So God bless college football for being there for all of intercollegiate athletics. We needed it. We need to covet it, and we need to appreciate it. Was it worth it? You're damn right it was worth it. Just by the nature of the fact that you're listening to this podcast, you likely are, as Kevin and I are, college football junkies, and you love the sport, and you want to be able to enjoy it and indulge. And after the year we had in 2020, to be able to spend our Saturdays watching college football as unorthodox and unconventional as it was at times, I agree. You're damn right it was worth it. Hey, everybody. Fantastic interview between Matt and Tim Brando, one of my personal favorites. I've had a chance to talk with him before, and he is always fun to talk some college football with. He's certainly very passionate. And you know what I'm passionate about? Making sure my car is ready for the harsh winter months that are still ahead of me right now. Now, I'm up here in Pennsylvania. Matt's down there in New Orleans. I'm going to deal with a little bit harsher weather conditions this time of year than my buddy Matt is. So I make sure that my car is ready to go, my wife's car is ready to go for whatever's going to come our way. Snow, sleet, ice, whatever the case may be, I'm going to have to hit the road to get to my day job, and I want to make sure my car is ready to go. The best way I do that is with rockauto.com. That's right, rockauto.com. They are a family-owned business that has been serving customers online for 20 years. And how do you do that? It's because you know what it takes to satisfy your customers and deliver the goods when they need it the most. Uh, When you're looking for car parts or for a car or truck, it can be a scary proposition. A lot of people are kind of overwhelmed by that. So a lot of people don't really know exactly what they're looking for. Well, that's where Rock Auto comes into play because they're going to treat you the same way they would treat a professional. It doesn't matter how much you know about cars. I know very little about cars. So I'm a novice, but they're going to treat me just like a professional. They're not going to hassle me. They're not going to shake me down or anything like that. They're going to give me exactly what they have to offer at a good, decent price as well. And the best thing about rockauto.com is it is so easy to use. 
It's not all flashy or whatever, but it is straight down to the point, gives you all the information you need. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com, you enter the make and model of your car or truck, and it brings you up the entire catalog of everything they have available specifically for your vehicle. So if you're looking for oil, if you're looking for wipers, if you're looking for some winter weather washer fluid, they will have exactly what you need, tailor-made specifically for your car or truck. And to do what I do, go to their website, rockauto.com, enter the make and model of your car, and bookmark those results so you have a quick and easy way to go and find exactly what you need when you need it. And of course, they offer contactless delivery, great prices. That is why they've been doing this for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Don't forget to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Final segment of today's episode of Locked On College Football. Before I share some of my closing thoughts on the 2020 season, I want to make sure you guys know that we have a tremendous amount of content right on the Locked On Podcast Network. So it doesn't matter what your favorite sport is or who your favorite team is. Odds are very good we have your team or your sport covered. As I've said before, the NBA is in full swing. There was a big NBA trade made on yesterday uh, between the Brooklyn Nets and the Houston Rockets. So now is a great time to check out Locked On Nets, Locked On Rockets, and of course all of the Locked On NBA shows as well. But of course the NHL just got started. Lots of great content on the NHL channel, which continues to be growing and expanding. And now is a great time to get on board with that. And of course NFL playoffs continue on this weekend. Lots of great NFL content for you as well. And of course, there's lots of great college shows out there as well. Big Ten and SEC just went head-to-head in the national championship game. Uh, locked on Big Ten and locked on SEC. Had a tremendous amount of coverage. Had a great post-game show as well. And of course, we are going to continue on with Locked on College Football as we move into our off-season. Again, we are officially in the off-season and it's going to be very interesting to see exactly where we go from here. Now, we already know coaching carousel is in uh, operation. Some of it has slowed down a little bit, but now that the NFL coaching carousel is in full swing, we're never quite sure exactly when things could pick up again. Obviously, Steve Sarkeesian made the move from Alabama offense coordinator. He's now the head coach at the Texas Longhorns. And meanwhile, his rival, his new rival, Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma, it doesn't appear as though he's ready to leave Oklahoma for any other opportunities right now. And I say that because I know full well that he was supposedly a target or at least a person of interest for the head coaching vacancy in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles, who just parted ways with Doug Peterson uh, in my neck of the woods. So I, I was very curious to see whether or not the Eagles were going to make a push to bring in Lincoln Riley as their next head coach. Uh, I certainly feel like that would be a good way to go because he certainly has that offensive mind that's going to impress a lot of NFL people. And of course, it would be a reunion with Jalen Hurts. I'd be very curious to see how that all plays out. Of course, lots of stuff going on in the city of brotherly love right now. Not a whole lot of brotherly love within the Philadelphia Eagles franchise, but it does not appear as though Lincoln Riley is going to be the next head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Does that mean that Lincoln Riley is never going to leave Oklahoma? I'm never going to say never, uh, but I do feel like he is certainly in a fantastic position where he is at Oklahoma. You're going to win a lot of games at Oklahoma. You're going to have a lot of chances to be in the college football playoff at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the only team in the Big 12 that has reached the college football playoff. They've done it a handful of times. Uh, they don't have as many appearances at Alabama and Clemson, but Oklahoma is next on the board there. I think, was it, three appearances now? 
Uh, so Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley look like they're in a pretty good spot. And I'm very curious to see uh, Lincoln Riley versus Steve Sarkeesian in the years to come. Because I do think that Texas is one of those programs that's going to generate a lot of hype going into next season just because of new head coach Steve Sarkeesian, what he was able to do uh, in the Alabama program. And can I just say real quick that I thought he called a brilliant game against Ohio State. There are not many ways to get a Heisman Trophy wide receiver so much open space. Now, I will say Ohio State's defensive secondary was a little bit of a concern. I'm surprised Clemson didn't exploit that a little bit more to their advantage in their semifinal matchup. And yes, Alabama has so many guys, it's very difficult to exactly figure out who you're going to cover if you're a defense like Ohio State. So I do understand that, uh, you know, Devontae Smith was going to get some opportunities, but I was impressed with the creativeness that Steve Sarkeesian had drawing up some plays to really get his best playmakers in wide open spaces against an Ohio State defense that was beat up. But still, I thought it was a brilliantly called play, brilliantly called game by Steve Sarkeesian. Very much looking forward to seeing what his next journey as a head coach is. It's a high pressure situation at Texas. There's no question about that. Uh, and I certainly think he's going into this job knowing that Oklahoma is still the team that everybody in the Big 12 is chasing. Meanwhile, in College Station, Jimbo Fisher has things rolling along at Texas A&M. And you're going to see a lot of preseason hype for a program like Texas A&M based on what they just did this past season. I tend not to get too carried away with carrying over your success from one season to the next, unless you're a program like Alabama or Clemson. But I do feel as though Jimbo Fisher has things going in a really positive direction at Texas A&M. Now, I understand that it's not exactly going to be the same Texas A&M team when we see them on the field next season. But there's going to be a lot of offseason hype just based on what Texas A&M did this year and what they did in the bowl game against North Carolina. That was a very impressive ending to the season for the Texas A&M Aggies. So you're going to get the Texas A&M hype. You're going to get the typical Texas hype. And I feel as though Notre Dame is still going to be on the board. But I'm very curious to see what programs like Michigan do next year. Because Jim Harbaugh does appear as though he's going to be the head coach for head Michigan for the next few years. Because he's signing an extension apparently. So that's a pretty interesting decision or at least interesting timing. I think as far as uh, Michigan is concerned. Uh, But I will throw Penn State into the mix. If you're looking for a team that's going to have a rebound next year, I don't see any way how it's not Penn State because I do feel as though this 2020 season was certainly the exception to the rule for where James Franklin has guided this program at this point in time. And I kind of talked about this on Locked on Nittany Lions, but yeah, Penn State's season got off to a really bad start, but it ended on a positive note. Say what you will about the strength of schedule in the second half of the season compared to its first half, but you know, you know, quarterback like Sean Clifford stopped making as many mistakes. The wide receivers started to develop a little bit. You saw more faith in the running game. So there were some positive signs from this Penn State team uh, throughout the course of the year. I was looking forward to seeing if they were going to get a chance to go to a bowl game and see what they could do, but totally understood and respected the decision to opt out of the bowl season. And now, uh, obviously, they're bringing in Mike Yursich as the new offensive coordinator, who obviously was previously with Texas before their coaching change there. So very high expectations, I think, for Penn State uh, as far as a team that's going to be rebounding next year. Uh, I'm already looking at those way too early top 25s, and I I don't know how much credit you give to these way too early top 25 lists. Obviously, everybody puts one out. And and I'm genuinely curious every now and then to see how they're all made up. And it's typically just kind of going off of the final rankings from the season that we just 
just saw. You know, Cincinnati is way up there on a lot of the way too early top 25s. I, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case next year. But Penn State is one of those teams that kind of has a little bit of up and down as far as those uh, way too early lists are concerned. Saw one at number 14, I think, from Fox Sports. I saw one that was completely out of the top 25, I think, from a buddy of mine from uh, Athlon Sports. So I was a little surprised by that. I'm going to have to have a communication there with Stephen Lassen if you're listening. Uh, we're going to have a chat there because I do think that uh, if you're looking for a team that's going to have a solid rebound season, it's got to be Penn State. And it's going to start off on a tough foot uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, against the Wisconsin Badgers in that week one of the scheduled Big Ten schedule at this point in time. Who knows what's going to happen, though? Here's what I know. We got through the college football season. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't pretty. It was uh, far different from anything we've seen before. But the bottom line is we got through it. And now what happens next? Obviously, uh, players, coaches, they all deserve a break. If they haven't already been taking one, they, everybody deserves a break for having gone through what they did this past season. But let's just not put, take our foot off the gas pedal. Let's continue to take those precautions and make sure that everybody is doing what they need to do so that we can have a little bit more of a normal off season. And whether or not it's going to be normal or not remains to be seen. But I do think we can at least learn some lessons from having gone through what we just went through with this college football season and the offseason leading up to it, I do feel as though there's a lot of education that you can take from what we saw in the 2020 season and now take that, take those lessons and adapt them for what you're going to do to get ready for the 2021 season. We are now in the fresh start of the new offseason, and now is a chance for everybody to kind of hit the reset button and refocus and figure out exactly how they're going to prepare for the next season. Let's hope that there is a next season. Let's hope that we get more games. Let's hope that we get more fans to games. Let's hope that we're doing everything we need to do to get to that point. That's going to do it for this edition of the Thursday show of Locked On College Football. For Matt, I am Kevin. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for subscribing. And make sure you check out tomorrow's episode because uh, I think Penn and Patrick are going to have some things to say about closing up the 2020 season as well. I know I know Big Ten Ben, he's going to have some things to say about Ohio State and how the national championship game went. So you guys want to make sure you tune in for that. And of course, Patrick is going to have some things I'm sure to say about the new head coach of the Texas Longhorns. Once again, for Matt Mascona from Locked On LSU, I am Kevin McGuire from Locked On Nittany Lions. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing and rating and reviewing. We'll talk to you guys again next week.